Although the characters we discuss are fictional, the challenges people face every day are not. The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Jedi Council Podcast, where we explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. This is your graduate student, pre-doctoral psychology intern, co-host, wait, doctoral candidate co-host, Brandon Saxton. (laughs) And your associate professor co-host, Katie Gordon. This is the only time I get to feel so special with so many luxurious (laughs) titles. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really good and I'm so excited to be back in the, uh, into the cockpit of the podcast ship (laughs) That we were flying through the interweb of space. <laughs> I don't know. You can tell I'm a little sleep deprived, right? Maybe just a touch. No, I, I think that's a very good way to put it. I'm excited to be back in podcasting. And we have a wonderful guest today who has really, uh, Dr. Andrea Letamendi, who is really been a big inspiration for our show and I'm excited to start asking her some questions and having some discussion about our common areas of interest. Yeah, uh, should we ask our guest, Dr. Letamendi, how are you doing? Hello, Katie and Brandon. I'm doing very well. How are you? Oh, well, so good and so excited to have you here. As I was kind of saying before we hit the record button, this is a huge nerd out moment for us. And like Katie said, you're a huge inspiration for the show. I remember first discovering your podcast very early on in my graduate career years ago and it absolutely um, inspired me to think about the ways that I can combine my personal and professional interests and in a very huge way inspired the value that I put into sharing psychology with the public and this podcast in and of itself. Yeah. That really means a lot. I can't believe that I've been podcasting about psychology and Batman for maybe five years. Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible that one, um, I've not burnt out from my career, uh, and just (laughs) this discipline, as you two know, uh, there's, there's a lot to, to take care of and, and to manage in this field. Um, but we love it so much. And then we get an opportunity to, to podcast, uh, and to share our knowledge and to share our passion about pop culture and, uh, I, I believe I started podcasting it toward the end. Maybe it was the end of my postdoc assignment. And it was really such a wonderful experience. And uh, congratulations to you, Brandon. So you've, this is your, your endure, your, you started your year of internship. Is that right? That is right. I started on August 1st. So I'm uh, just a, coming up on two months into internship now. Excellent. Congratulations. How's it going so far? Oh, thank you so much. It's, I'll admit there was a bit of a transitionary period going from, uh, you know, the kind of the freedom of an academic schedule where I kind of got to pick where I was working to really like eight to five every day time to like get up and work intensely for a set period of time. Um, But other than that, it's going really well. And it's been uh, I mean, it's a huge new learning opportunity for sure. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's been good. So I wanted to ask you about a little bit about your job, if you wouldn't mind telling us. I saw that you work at UCLA as an associate director of mental health for residents' life. Would you mind telling us a little bit about what you do? 
Absolutely. And actually today is my one year anniversary in this position. So uh, somehow I've been doing this for a full year and this is a new innovative position to address mental health needs on our campus. So I'm sure as many of your listeners know, and as you've experienced, there is an upward trend. There's an increase in students on campuses who need services for anxiety, for depression, suicidality, uh, identity related distress, uh, crisis intervention, all sorts of mental health related needs. And unfortunately, many counseling centers on campuses are really struggling to catch up with the demand. And what we've crafted at UCLA, which I'm so lucky to be a part of, is a new position that's designed and stationed outside of the counseling center. So it's positioned within residential life. And the purpose of that position is to have a scientist practitioner, somebody with experience both on the clinical side as well as the implementation and scientific side, uh, to design and, and really develop programming, training, education, uh, awareness programs, linkages, liaison uh, work to the resources on campus and also to address directly the mental health needs of the RAs and the, the students who are in positions as first responders, as uh, as the the ones who are living in the buildings where we often have this high need for interventions. And um, I work with such a such a wonderful team of people, and uh, every day is challenging and rewarding. And and I really hope other campuses uh, bring on this this new model. Oh, that sounds like such a great job, and I love the idea of kind of taking it beyond the clinic, it seems, or beyond the counseling center and bringing mental health out into the world, which, of course, you also do with your podcast and things like that. I, I was wondering if you had, since you're right out there and interacting with people who, the front lines of mental health issues and college students, do you have any sense of what seems to be driving these concerns about an increase in mental health problems in college? It seems like it's hard to know, but I was just wondering if you had any guesses. Yeah, you're right. It is hard to know, though we do have some theories about the increase in in need. Um, some are saying that the, uh, the lowering of stigma, the, the idea that more students might be uh, more comfortable disclosing their mental health needs. They might be more familiar with service seeking in that they are seeing it in the media or they, they're seeing celebrities or they're seeing uh, people that they know uh, address their own mental health and seek services. So the practice of, of seeking help, I think, has has lowered uh, stigma around it. And, and then, you know, some are saying, I'm actually curious about this uh, and I'm really interested to hear what you think about this. Some are saying that this cohort of, of students who are on campuses now uh, include a lot of Gen Z individuals. And there's this idea that Gen Z students have kind of a different approach to their lifestyles. One is that they are equipped with more knowledge about mental health. So addressing that, you know, that idea that they're more more interested and more educated around mental health, which I kind of agree with. But the other piece is that they have been raised in the kind of a global uh, environment and uh, an increased exposure to 
worldwide tragedies and trauma from Columbine to Virginia Tech to 9-11 to the mass shootings or the school shootings that we're, we're seeing in the news. And the theories around uh, Gen Z students are that because they were raised in in this environment or this sort of climate of more awareness toward tragedy and trauma, that they're impacted by it and they're impacted differently than, let's say, generations before them. I don't see evidence for this. I, I, I don't know that we have a truth, you know, truthfully a lot of evidence for that, but I can understand how being raised in the late 90s to the 2000s, how, how that looks very different than generations before uh, Gen Z. Well, that's that's really interesting, and it's it's great to hear that UCLA is also being proactive about addressing those needs wherever they might come from. And I, I think that's it seems like one of the main, if I'm right about this, things that has been important to you from and being a, a clinical psychologist is disseminating information to the people that need it. And so I was wondering if that's where Arkham Sessions, your podcast, came from, or what. What led to starting that podcast? What were your goals? I think initially, I have to admit, I'm not sure that I was as energized as my co-host Brian Ward to to begin this podcast because, as you two know, putting together a show, uh, developing it, uh, crafting it out, editing, put, like there's there's a lot of work associated with podcasts, and I think initially I just wasn't sure whether people will listen to it or whether they'd be interested. But really that the turning point was a, a documentary called Necessary Evil by uh, by Warner Brothers and DC Comics that was meant to be in alignment with their uh, their villains comics. They had a, a an array uh, of, of newly published villains comics that, that were being spotlighted through DC Comics and they decided to do a full length documentary film talking about villains and they asked me to be the psychologist to to kind of draw parallels and better understand the behavior nature and motivations of villains and my uh my soon-to-be podcast partner soon-to-be husband said to me at the time hey you you talk a lot about batman the animated series and the psychology of those characters and narratives why not create a show where you can talk at length about what we can learn from these characters and from their storylines and especially to talk about some of the villains that are featured in these episodes because often they're the center they're they're really the core their their stories where our lessons are learned throughout the animated series and so we started our podcast really just centering around the animated series and of course uh, bringing in other, other types of uh, Batman related Batman universe stories um, through film, through other full length animated um, movies, live action uh, and so forth. And it's, it's really been quite a journey. And I have to say we've, we never run out of something to talk about when it comes to psychological science. We always have a new topic or we add on to an existing topic. So after what, 121 episodes so far, we, we still are, are, are finding new things to talk about. 
Oh, it's great. And we'll definitely link to your show in case any of our listeners haven't haven't heard it. But I feel like it's very it's very satisfying and interesting to listen to every episode because the characters are so interesting, but then to hear how you take the time to link to the psychological science, and again, this has really been a lot of inspiration for our show, makes it really exciting. Like, I, I, I can't remember which character it is now, but I remember in one of the episodes you were linking it to the research, for example, on adverse childhood events and how that can affect people down the line. And just thinking, this is so great because it seems like you're getting something that a lot of people are interested in, Batman, and using that as a way to share this broader information that's that's relevant. So, yeah, thank you. I, I think we we certainly try to come from a couple of of uh, I guess like primary perspectives. One is that trauma informed perspective that you're referring to, which is a better understanding of people's behavior based on what happened to them, not to to just focus on what's wrong with them. Uh, and I think that unpacking and that that kind of journey around, well, what what is this person's environment like? What are what is their history like? How did other people treat them? And and to think about characters that are featured in this animated series like Killer Croc and Clayface and uh, and Harvey Dent, who becomes Two Face, the the idea that a lot of their narratives are grounded in. Uh, trauma or events that they had no control over. And that brings us a, a better understanding about, you know, what motivates them and, and why, why they choose to do what they do. And then the other piece too, I think is about the idea of resilience and trying to learn from failures, trying to learn from setbacks. And so Batman, I think is a wonderful character to teach us about resilience because unlike other superheroes, he's not a meta human. He's not, he doesn't have superpowers. He, he's not invulnerable. And so we see him in the show, especially in the animated series compared to other versions of, of Batman. He makes mistakes. He snaps at people. He uh, is, uh, is impulsive. He gets out of control. He's violent when he doesn't have to be. He isolates. He is, uh, in, in some cases using what I would consider unhealthy or maladaptive coping. Uh, and so to, to be able to relate to a character that way and understand that that could be one of us is a way for us to, to, to learn about ourselves and also to think about how we could grow and develop even as adults. I think it's really cool and just so interesting and inspirational to kind of hear the motivation and the path that kind of led to Arkham Sessions and what I'm kind of wondering about is even predating that, what is it that led to you pursuing clinical psychology as a career? It definitely goes full circle. Uh, Batman led to psychology. Psychology led to Batman. It's, it is totally intertwined. The full length version is in my TEDx talk, uh, Capes, Cows, and Courage. And in that talk, I refer to my childhood and learning about the animated series as a latchkey kid, you know, running home from school and just watching the show after school and, and feeling really connected to these characters. And, and immediately, you know, not knowing this was about psychology, but immediately understanding that Batman's detective work was really about understanding even the villain's motivation and having a human connection to uh, to people who might be suffering or, or experiencing challenges. And then over time, as I 
uh, entered graduate school and experienced some of the pressures and some of the, the, the competitive nature of graduate school just in general, as well as some of the messages we get as graduate students in psychology, uh, not necessarily negative messages, but certainly messages uh, about our own uh, paths and, and what opportunities we have in front of us and um, many positive messages about uh, potential successful trajectories, but, but not, I don't think, enough messages about other pathways and how we can um, use our identities and use our own um, vulnerabilities and our own understanding of who we are to build out and craft our careers. And that that's interesting because as psychologists, um, if anything, we're interested in human growth and we're interested in, in human creativity and self-actualization. But I don't know that, you know, I think it depends on, on your own uh, level of imposter syndrome and some, some own internal struggles you have. But for me, I experienced a lot of barriers to, to, to this field. And, um, and then in finishing graduate school, realized that what I was learning in graduate school, all the, all the, you know, essentials about psychology and what, what we do as a field, I was able to better understand that like, yeah, that, that seems consistent with what I want to do, which is to broaden the public's awareness of the science and to, uh, allow people to understand themselves and others and to uh, just increase access and, uh, and, you know, really teach people that all of us deserve uh, mental health wellness and all of us can have access to effective low cost treatments. Uh, how that actually happens is still a struggle, but um, we all deserve that. And I think we should all learn more about how, how we deserve that, why we deserve that. And, um, and in some ways, podcasting allows just about everybody to enter into that into that community. I, I'm glad that you mentioned your TEDx talk, which I've uh, actually our next question was about that, and I I found it very your your backstory and how you got interested in Batman and how that impacted you meant a lot. But I also really resonated with the idea that you decided to start taking off your masks and kind of being more yourself and not trying to hide certain aspects. And it sounds like, um, from what I understood, that you linked some of the reason that you felt like you were wearing masks or kind of concealing some aspects of your identity is because, unfortunately, you had some negative experiences with bullying as you were growing up uh, related to comic book use and some targeting you for your ethnic background and your openness in that talk, I think meant a lot and connects people to it. What, what's it like sharing something so personal where a lot of people can watch video and what was the response to that? I, that's a great question at, at the time, you know, I will say, uh, very meta, right. I'm telling people about my imposter syndrome uh, which of which is uh, I'm not sure if uh, if your listeners uh, have heard you talk about imposter syndrome, but uh, the sense, uh, the conviction actually that you're not as good as um, as the people around you that somehow it was a mistake or some kind of uh, some kind of like clerical error or some 
something went wrong and that's the only reason why you're where you're at. In other words, uh, you doubt your intelligence, you doubt your competencies, you doubt your talents, and you have this constant conviction that you're just not good enough. And I think a part of that is definitely self-imposed, but another part of that is um, is who you see in your community. And unfortunately, as a, a woman of color from an immigrant family, I did not see a lot of people that I considered to be in my community uh, to be in my discipline. And so to not have that reflected back, to not have that understanding that this is a place for me you know, created a, a lot more doubt. And having said that, as you mentioned, the the consideration that being involved in, in uh, things like Comic-Con and reading comic books and being interested in animation and art, I think in other fields might be well-received. Uh, I think I had this, this, uh, this worry, this schema that to be a professional in the field of psychology, I needed to either discard these passions or, or somehow, uh, hide them from, from my peers. And I think that had a lot to do with what I previously said about my identity, that if I were to give any sign, uh, any evidence that maybe I wasn't in the right place, that, uh, I would be found out and I, somehow I would be, um, I, I would be punished for it. And so, you know, as, obviously as I, as I say this out loud, it, it, it was definitely, uh, uh, irrational doubts, irrational worries, but felt very real. So as I, as I delivered this TEDx talk, I started to feel those same, uh, those same ideas actually, uh, why would anyone care about my story? Why am I here on the stage? Uh, I was very nervous to be so vulnerable and to tell people about my own imposter syndrome and, and very much experienced. I, I named this villain, uh, who, who was, who was, uh, basically, you know, in my brain telling me I wasn't good enough and I shouldn't be there. And I felt like, uh, I think he's imposterio. I can't remember what I said at the time, but he's like, you know, there telling me, punishing me, warning me that I shouldn't be up on that TEDx stage. And, and so that was very difficult for me to do. Just, oh, no, no, you go ahead. just kind of adding on and kind of thinking about that and this kind of idea about hiding your geek identity because of fear of professional repercussions and kind of the psychology community and being a professional and kind of balancing all that. Um, back in 2016, there was a write-up by the American Psychological Association, including you and then some other past guests on this show and folks in kind of this community like Ali Matu and Jose Cardona and kind of talking about all of your efforts to give psychology away. And I'm just curious um, in that time and since then, what's been the general reaction that you've gotten from the psychology community? I've gotten a very positive, very welcoming response from the psychology community from from the the mentors I had during graduate school my advisor uh, other folks who I'd never met before who reached out to me folks who were in graduate school um, the I actually haven't haven't had somebody from our community from the discipline say to me uh, that they're doubtful of what I'm doing uh, folks from other disciplines, in education and learning and, you know, kind of other pockets related to our discipline have questioned, uh, the efforts have questioned the validity, um, wonder if I'm doing more harm 
by introducing comics into people's lives, especially children, which I think might be another discussion. But the field, the community in the field of psychology has embraced this approach. And I, I, I think that that response was a relief, uh, maybe rationally. I knew that when, you know, as long as we're, uh, as long as we're passionate and, and we're our authentic selves and we're creative and innovative with the science, we're welcomed as long as we are ethical and care about the public and want to do better for our discipline, we are embraced. And, and, and that's how I felt that that was really a positive experience. And, and I, I have a, a I have a, a few of the monitor um, issues a few copies with me on the cover and, um, and, and it was such a, honestly, such a, um, an instrumental moment for me to feel that validation because I had so many doubts about whether I would be, um, whether I would fit in and whether this was a place for me. So that, that felt very good. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that there was such a positive reaction and I've heard that from some other people that we've talked to are kind of blend pop culture and psychology and I think you're right it does seem like there's a lot of interest within the field to find what works what's interesting to people how can we get information out another thing that I think is is really cool that um I have to geek out about Hmm. briefly is that I absolutely loved I love Gail Simone's writing and I loved her new 52 Batgirl series it's one of the first comic series I really got into and I was so excited to read that you actually were consulted about the therapeutic aspects of Barbara Gordon and, and dealing with her trauma and then even had the therapist character named after you what was that experience like uh that there you know I I have a few few actual words <laughs> to express that um I I really did not expect that that the person that that the the professional person and 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 the um i guess more personal figure would be represented and she did that by including a character with my name and the the drawing with a bit of my likeness and it was uh it was such an honor and it was such a again a, it's interesting because we just talked about how the field of psychology is welcoming the approaches we take with the blending of pop culture and, and psychological science. And then with, with this character being written in a comic book and in, in one of the Batman titles uh, really allows us to reflect on our ability to impact uh, some larger communities and to realize that with that, <laughs> sorry, my cat just decided to walk into the room and meow okay. at me. Uh, and so with the introduction of this character, who is not only a psychologist, but is also a woman of color, is also a character who is, uh, I would say, well-adjusted, a character who is not, uh, who is not written to be uh, a villain or not written to have flaws just based on the nature of being in the discipline of psychology or to be a doctor. I think we see a lot of those tropes in comic books. Uh, and I, I think that's really, uh, that's really exciting. And, and to think that we could have an impact on the, the readers of comic books 
in a way that's so instrumental is, is really important. And so looking back to growing up and my self-doubts and, and my imposter syndrome and, and being recognized in this way was, was truly, um, again, just, uh, just beyond words, truly such a, a memorable and, and instrumental moment for me in my own self-actualization. So I, I could never, I could never thank her enough for doing that for not just me, but for our community. All right. Well, as we kind of drift towards the end here and, and start wrapping up a little bit, would you mind telling a little, telling us maybe and telling our listeners a little bit about what you have in mind for future directions for your work? Yeah. So, so the Arkham Sessions is, uh, of course, we've been focusing on Batman the Animated Series for several years now, and we are embarking on the last few episodes that are in the Animated Series collection. So I believe... At this point, we have about three more episodes that that cover that would cover the animated series. So we haven't made an announcement yet, but we are going to continue the Arkham sessions with a focus on uh, on entertaining and informing the public about psychological science and pop culture. And uh, in addition to that, I am a co-host on another podcast called Lattes with Leia, which is uh, really a fun discussion about Star Wars. Uh, with my co-host Amy Ratcliffe and everything we love about Star Wars. And that will be ongoing on a monthly basis. And uh, and I will be talking more and more about some of the some of the workshops that I do across the country on pop culture and resilience and uh, stress management and on uh, identities. So uh, I'll be I'll be definitely posting more about that as well. Where can our listeners find you on uh, what's your Twitter handle and what other places can they look to find out more about your work? The best way to contact me and interact is on Twitter. And my handle is at Arkham Asylum Doc on Instagram. I'm Arkham Asylum Doc. And then the website that uh, the website where the Arkham Sessions lives is under the mask And the Arkham Sessions is also on Twitter as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. This is absolutely wonderful. I'm absolutely sure the listeners of this show will appreciate it. And um, I certainly know that I did. Yes. Thank you so much for your time today and talking to us. It was my pleasure. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Jedi Council Podcast, a member of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. You can find more information about our podcast or blog at www.jedi-council.com. If you would like to support the Jedi Council podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Jedi Council. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers. Additionally, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help.